Hello and welcome to the CEO Mom Podcast, The Woman, The Mother, and The Myths. My name is Vanna Matthews and along with my co-host Melinda Crowder Dunbar, we are going to debunk myths related to being a woman and a mother. Join us for another raw and uncut conversation. Countless moms wrestle with mom guilt, those mental attacks that cause them to question the adequacy of their parenting. Where do these nagging thoughts originate, and why do moms so easily buy into the exaggerated accusations? In her new book, Guilt-Free Mommy, Dana Reed shares her own journey from being guilt-ridden to becoming guilt-free. With humor, relatability, and practical application, she shares how you can release the unreasonable guilt that comes with motherhood and trust your ability to effectively parent your children. Buy it now at online retailers or visit her website at guiltfreemommy.com and receive 10% off with code CEOMOM. Me and Melinda, my girl, we are back and we're back with more conversations, more candor, more real talk, more mommy womanhood stuff. So Melinda, how does it feel to be back? Oh my gosh, Vanna. I am, I've been missing this. We had a brief hiatus, a minor little pause, but I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be back on the platform. I'm happy to be back to share just life and life issues and real issues with women out there, with our audience. I miss you just connecting with you on this level. So I am super excited and I'm ready to jump back in. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. I am so glad to hear that. And it's so funny because so much has changed since our last episode, our last conversation in February 2020. So much has (laughs) happened since then. And so we have a lot to talk about. But this particular episode, we are going to be talking about soul care is self-care. And so you you guys know how much we love to talk about self-care. But Melinda is taking it even deeper. And so we're going to get an opportunity to hear from her from a professional perspective. She's going to really give us some insight. But Melinda, tell me your perspective of soul care. We did a podcast on soul self-care earlier last year where we debunked the myth about how it's not selfish and things like that. But when we talk about soul care, to me, it is another dimension of self-care in that it allows us to go deeper into the things that that's not really seen by the human eye. When we talk about soul care, it's defining, if we define what soul is, the soul is basically like the spirit and the essence of a person. You know, it's that part of that makes us who we are. It's defined as our mind and our will and our emotions. That's just defining soul. So if we look at soul care, it's having an awareness of and caring for the parts of us that we can't see. Oh, that's deep. Say that last part again, the awareness of the things we cannot see. Yes, having an awareness of and caring for the parts that's not visible, the things that we can't see, that what's going on in our minds and in our emotions, those are the things that we can't see. It's teaching the mind to think. It's teaching the will to act and bringing those emotions in alignment so that they're regulated and they're balanced and, and we're moving away from extremes. So we're, it's, we're going deeper in this podcast, Vana. We're not just going to talk about, like we said, soul care is deeper than manicures and pedicures. We talked about that last time. But in this episode, we're really going to go deeper and we're going to talk about the things that really disturb our souls 
And what, what do you do? What do you do when you have a soul care issue? What does that look like? How do you address it? That's how I view that. That's my definition of it. What do you think about it? I love how you just put that. And I see soul care is, is a holistic approach. So it's taking care of your whole being, mind, body, and soul. And it's how all of those three things come together. And like you've said, we've talked about that before, but I love the way you're articulating it, the things that you cannot see. That is such a powerful statement because I think that represents how we function, especially as women on a daily basis. Like if you look good and your presentation is good, then sometimes you think it's okay and everybody on the outside thinks it's okay. We're going to peel back all of those layers and talk about those things that are invisible. So in this episode, we are exploring how the health of one part of our being impacts the health of the other parts. So Melinda, break down the role of soul care in self-care. The best way to see it, Vana, is self-care is like the gateway to soul care. When you think of self-care, let's say you find yourself yelling at your kids, you're, you're frustrated, you're in the midst of an emotional storm. Self-care gives you that permission or that gateway to the soul to dig deeper and identify the root of that issue. So self-care says, hey, girl, take a walk. I need you to pause, take a break, maybe go hide in your closet and pray, change up the scenery, sit down and see what happened. What triggered that? What is the vulnerable feeling that's beneath this constant undercurrent of anger? Is it hurt? Is it shame? Is it disrespect? Is it embarrassment? Again, it's dealing with the issues that may be unseen, unconfessed, unaddressed, and unprocessed. It's knowing the origin of those thoughts and the narratives that we tell ourselves, the meaning that we assign to people and to things, you know, based on our experiences. I love that. I love that. So why is soul care so important to taking care of you? Vana, it is how we grow. <laughs> It's how we grow. There's just no other way to put it. When people come to therapy, I'm like, okay, it's the, the self-awareness. Again, we talk about being a gateway. Self-awareness is the gateway to life change. It doesn't guarantee change, self-awareness, but we can't get there if we don't have it. So I love the scripture. I think it's 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 5 says that God is light and in him there is no darkness. Soul care is important to us because it allows God to shine a light into the soul and reveal the truth about who we are. And as participants in that process, in that transformation, we get to stand in that light and admit it. Hopefully our exterior will become as healthy and as fit as our, our interior, I'm sorry, will become as healthy and as fit as our exterior. But again, it's allowing God to access those deep-seated things that are broken within us. That is so good. It, that is so good. It allows us to grow. I love that. I love that. Yes. So what role does soul care play in mental health? From a personal perspective, I think it is the most significant role. Let's just say you're experiencing symptoms of depression. You have a loss of appetite or maybe an inability to sleep or social isolation or irritability or whatever it is. All of these are symptoms or signals that usually help people, encourage people to reach out for help. So soul care says, okay, I'm going to examine these symptoms, right? And I'm going to take a deeper dive into the root problem. And the root may be, Vana, like you said earlier, I love how you said peeling back the layers. The root may be a hidden hurt 
that hadn't been revealed or healed, a tidal wave of relentless losses or some type of life threatening diagnosis. Soul care allows us from a mental health perspective to investigate and inspect those thoughts and those emotions regarding those problems and, you know, develop a new plan of action, whether it needs to be like some type of self-affirming thoughts or maybe even meditating on scripture, finding out what God says about that broken heart or that anxiety or that disappointment. Hebrews 4 and 12 says that the word of God is alive and active, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. So God's word is so powerful. And when we get to lay naked before him and exposed, that is the best position we can ever be in for growth and transformation. Just from what you're sharing now, and let me know if you agree with this, but it feels like soul care takes a lot more work than self-care. Like it's not, <laughs> it's it's not a one fix all. And even though we've talked about how we do believe that self-care is consistent and, it, and it's it's a lot of different moving parts and, and you have to be intentional and, and conscious and all of that, but soul care still makes you go even deeper. And we're definitely going to provide some strategies and some tips on how you can really implement soul care. But I want to, I want to look at ourselves as women, because you know, we struggle with with making ourselves a priority. So do women, mm. I, I'm going to ask the question, but I, I believe the answer is yes. But do women struggle with soul care? If so, what are our biggest barriers? You know, this is such a, a great question, Vana, because oftentimes when people come to therapies, particularly women, uh, there's fear. So I would say the first barrier is fear. It's what's hidden beneath the surface. And then it's fear of knowing what is hidden beneath the surface. And then it's like, okay, once I find out or once that's revealed, then what do I do with it? I love how you said it. soul care takes longer because I, I have clients ask me constantly, how long is this going to take? <laughs> you know, when you start digging around and poking and pride and asking questions, okay, how much time? I only have two months to really devote to this because then I got to get back to life. I got to get back to running this business. I got to get back to raising these children. I got to get back to being a wife or participating in ministry or volunteering. I mean, I got things to do. I don't have time to really focus on this. But like you said, it's like I was saying earlier, it's fear. It's what do I do with what I find? Fear keeps us in denial and it attacks I often share with people, fear is one of those barriers. Defensiveness, Vana, is another barrier. Not being aware of admitting stuff that's going on in our souls. Have you ever tried to talk to someone and you're expressing a hurt to them in a healthy way and they respond back and say, well, you offended me two days ago. And you're like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> is this what we're doing? No, just being defensive, not wanting to accept responsibility. Blame is another one, another you know, protective layer that keeps us from getting to the heart issues, shifting the focus outward. And, and again, and, and instead of keeping keeping the attention um, off of ourselves. And then I will say the last one really is from an emotional mindset perspective. It's when we try to hide or suppress our emotions. Most of the time we shut down out of shock habit or simply not knowing what else to do. So I would say those are some of the, the main things that I see a lot in my practice when I'm working with women, just that fear of the unknown, what's underneath, how long is it going to take, defensiveness, blaming, and then, of course, trying to suppress our emotions. So you talked about, those were really, really good. So you talked about self-awareness and that being one of the first steps 
to soul care. So what role does self-awareness mm-hmm. play in removing these barriers that women really struggle with when they're trying to really dig deep and really take care of their souls? Yeah. So self-awareness is it's really the first key to, to any type of change to any type of life change. So when you're not even aware of the self, when you're not even aware of what makes you tick, if you're not even aware of your thoughts, what are you thinking throughout the day? What are you saying to yourself throughout the day? If you're not aware of your emotions, you know, if there's an event or something happens or, or an experience and you get triggered by something and you're not aware, a lot of times we're just functioning in autopilot. We're not even mindful of what we're doing and how we're doing life and how we're going about life. So self-awareness is the first First step, you cannot change without being aware of who you are and how you feel and how you think and, and why you behave the way you do. So, yeah, it's, it's pausing and sitting still and saying, huh, what just happened? What am I thinking about what happened? What narrative am I assigning to what happened? What emotion is attached to that experience? And then why do I want to act the way that I want to act? Does that make sense? It does. It absolutely does. And and that self-awareness is a powerful thing. I had somebody um, say to me, Vonna, do you believe you're self-aware? And I was like, I think so. But then... It's not a question that you get on a regular, on a daily basis, right? I know, but it's that's a powerful thing, and I think it's something that a lot of us struggle with, and we don't realize that we struggle with it because it's not always brought to the forefront. The popular terms like self-care and now soul care and all of these different things, but people don't really talk as much about, even in the discussions of mental health, they don't talk about how important self-awareness is in the healing process, in the growing, in the leveling up. Um, So I love that you have brought that up. So as we've talked about what soul care is, what the barriers are, What does that look like? Like, what does it look like to take care of your soul? If we look at what the soul is defined as or made up of as the mind, our mind or our thoughts and our our emotions and, of course, you know, our, our actions or our behaviors, it looks like, again, like we said earlier, being self aware. But also, once you identify that there is a problem, and you acknowledge that problem, you admit that problem, then it's like, I have to do something with this because I can't continue. If I don't do something about it, it's going to get worse. It's going to start showing up in other areas. So it's giving yourself permission to say, hey, you know what? I'm not doing so great in this and I'm going to acknowledge this. I, I have an issue with control and, you know, I'm trying to control every everybody around me and every facet or every area of my life. And I'm realizing that it's taking too much out of me and, and too much of me. And I'm, I'm overwhelmed and I'm frustrated. I'm angry. You know, whatever it is, it's acknowledging and admitting the problem, taking ownership and responsibility and then saying, OK, giving myself permission to put a plan in place, to change the behavior, change the thoughts, my thought process around it, which will ultimately affect my emotions so that I can get better. I'm giving myself permission to dig deeper into the origin. What is the, where does this control come from? What is this fear based in? What is the root of this anger? It's really allowing myself to get to taking a deeper dive into these issues so that I can be aware 
put a plan in place, execute on that plan and consistently follow through with it. That's how you take care of your soul. And it's layer by layer and step by step at a time. It does not happen overnight. It is an ongoing process. That comments on if you are if you're not where you need to be or where you want to be. And so we're going to assume that you are now self-aware, that you are ready to take the necessary steps, that you are ready to do the work. What does it look like if you are healthy, if you are in a good place? What does soul care look like at that point? It looks like maintenance. It looks like just making sure that you're building and maintaining those mental self-care habits. And the more that we maintain those things, the more our brain and our body will respond in positive ways. It looks like not allowing, not being infected or affected by negativity that's around us, especially in this day and time. And it's in this environment, there's so much happening outside of us and around us that can really shake us at our core, but it's, it's being grounded and staying centered in what you know is true and in what you believe and, and having positive and encouraging people and safe people around you. It's investing your time wisely. It's setting appropriate boundaries and maintaining those things. So to me, it looks like maintenance of the, the positive habits that you already have in place that helps to integrate that mind and body experience so that you can keep those things going. I love that maintenance. That was good. And just a quick little plug here, um, listeners, ladies, make sure you sign up for this newsletter because all of these amazing notes are going to be in there. And this is definitely something you want to read. Melinda, that was so powerful. I love that. It looks like maintenance. It looks like maintenance because there is so much, like you said, there is so much going on. And we're going to talk about the five elements of soul care in a moment, but Mm. there is so much going on that you have to really make sure that you are maintaining your mental state because it's happening so fast. Unplugging from that too sometimes, you know, I think we can get sucked into everything that's going on social media, you got the news outlets, you got it coming on your telephone, just unplugging and making sure that you have open space to meditate, to pray, to read a book, to do something that's healthy. Again, that's a, that's a part of that maintenance as well, so that we're not so affected by all of this stuff that's happening around us. Mm, but yeah. That is so good. That is so good. So let's talk about these five elements of soul care. So Based on everything Melinda has shared and based on what we've talked about today, our three-part series on self-care, you know how we are about consistency and putting together a plan. So we're going to talk about the five elements of soul care. And really, there are probably like 10 or 20 or 30, but we narrowed it down (laughs) to five and I may have a bonus one. But one of the biggest starts to me, other than being self-aware, is intentionality. When Mm. it comes to self-care, when it comes to soul care, when it comes to prioritizing yourself and really anything that you want to accomplish, it doesn't just happen because you want it to happen. You have to put forth the necessary steps. You have to do what it takes to make it happen. And what that means is being aware of what is necessary to make it happen and then acting accordingly. So Mm -hmm. intentionality Mm -hmm. 
is one of the first elements of soul care. It has to be done on purpose. With Chadwick Boseman passing away, and, and I've been reading a lot of what his friends and family had to say about him. And one of the things that has been consistent is his understanding of purpose and how everything he did mm -hmm. was on purpose and for purpose. And so when it comes to soul care, I say that is applicable. You need to be intentional. It's not just a happenstance. It is something that you do with a specific goal in mind. That's one of mm -hmm. the first elements. The second, I yeah. would say, is transparency combined with vulnerability. Because we, we talk did about... Did you say <laughs> Yes, I did. I did. Because <laughs> we talk about transparency. And, and I think we have... Really, honestly, Melinda, I think we live in an era of social media. And so I think people have become very comfortable with putting their business out there. I, I don't think that that's necessarily mm -hmm. a struggle for mm -hmm. people as much as it has been. But the transparency yeah. is only half effective if it's not followed mm -hmm. by vulnerability. And what I mean by that is you mm -hmm. have to open yourself up to receive not only criticism, you have to open yourself up to receive encouragement or empowerment, but you have to let other people in. So if I tell you what I'm going through, that's one thing, but now I got to let you in. I have to let you in mm -hmm. and, and allow you to be a part of my healing process. If that's what God is called. If you are called to be a part of my healing process, I have to let you in. Absolutely. I think I heard someone say it increases intimacy in into me. See, so it's letting someone see you on that level. It's it's saying, you know what, Vana, when I talked to you the other day and I got upset with you and raised my voice, what was really behind that was this fear of X, Y, Z. It's just allowing you to see the good, the bad, the ugly, being transparent as well as vulnerable. Like you can see me so that that person can then love on you and pour into you and pray for you and encourage you in that and through that, which is where I'm going to talk a little bit about community later. But yes, that's I agree with that. It's it's just allowing that person to see you on a deeper level and sharing those those thoughts and those feelings that you don't really share with people who are not you wouldn't share with someone who's not safe. That's right. That is so true. That is so true. Mm -hmm. So the first one is yeah. intentionality, transparency combined with vulnerability. And the third one is consistency. And we've talked about this. Like you said, Melinda, this is not an overnight thing. This is not a one month. This is not who I, I completed my self-care regimen. No, <laughs> this is ongoing. <laughs> and so when we find something that works, we have to maintain it. Like you said, we've got to keep that going. If we find something that doesn't work, we have to be able to make a shift, but that only consistency will allow us to be able to see that. So that's so important in any type of care routine. The fourth one is you need an action plan. This goes with intentionality. It goes with consistency. You need a plan that you can carry out, but not only that, that you can analyze, that you can evaluate, because everything is not going to work right off the bat. Everything is not going to be effective. And so if you have something in action that is tangible, you can evaluate it. You can see, you know what, I, I tried X, Y, Z. And that did not work for me. That wasn't as effective for me. And so you have to be able mm -hmm. to 
see what works for you because you've put something into place. You've tried something. So the fourth one is having an action plan. And the last one, and you're going to talk about this more as you said, Melinda, but relationships. Relationships are a very big part of any type of self-care, soul care. And we talked about this, I believe, in part two of our self-care series in season two, is the people that you have around you play a huge role in your ability to heal and process. Dr. Mel did a video on Instagram and she talked about getting to a, a positive place in your life. And she said, look at the five people that are the closest to you and you need to make sure that they support positivity. I'm excited to hear what you're going to talk about as mm -hmm. far as community goes, but those relationships play a huge role. So just to recap the five elements of soul care, intentionality, transparency combined with vulnerability, consistency, having an action plan, and looking at your relationships, maintaining positive and healthy relationships. So of course, we cannot leave you without talking about the myth and debunking the myth. Soul care addresses the needs and health of the entire person and is vital to self-care. Soul care is self-care. And so Melinda, we got to give them some tips and strategies. We've told them what soul care is. We've told them what it looks like, whether you are trying to get healthier or you're trying to maintain that healthy space. What are some tips and strategies to get to a place where soul care is a regular part of your life? The first tip is surrender. What do you think about that, Hana? That's good. <laughs> See, that's what, that, wow. Wow. That's what I think about that. Yeah. Wow. I love it. It's a posture. It's a posture and it's, it's a daily practice. It's choosing to just surrender to the pain, to stand up in our story and to deal with whatever it is. Surrender. And a lot of times we think about surrendering to God, but that that's the place where we find him. And that's usually where he wants us to be. Once we've exhausted all of our options and all of our resources and we're in that place, that's when he can he joins us in that place. So and God is a gentleman. He is not going to force us to change. He is patient. However, it is a process. And sometimes that process includes therapy, accountability or discipleship whatever it is, but just surrender to the process, allow him to lead you and just know that it's worth the trip. So the first tip is to surrender. The second one is to develop again. We've talked about this word before throughout the podcast today, but developing your self-awareness by listening to and becoming aware of what you are thinking. I have my clients always like write down your thoughts. Don't allow thoughts to just run through your mind unchecked. And by doing so, this helps to provide clarity and it reduces tension. And it also gives us the ability to redesign those thoughts for things that are holding us back. It helps us to eliminate toxic thoughts and hopefully build something better. I love that. Um, may, may I just mm -hmm. interject just a little bit? I, I, I love that. Please. Do not allow thoughts to run through your mind unchecked. That is, that's yes. powerful. That that is powerful. <laughs> that is something we, because yeah. you know me. You know my thoughts will go. <laughs> my thoughts will go way. 
I mean, I, I am <laughs> of overthinking and just letting these unhealthy negative thoughts just sit there. So that that is that mm. is powerful. So could you please just say mm-hmm. that again for the people in the back? Yes, people in the back. You want to write down your thoughts and so that you will never let them run through your mind unchecked. It's very important that we do that, Vonna. It gives us, like I said, the ability to challenge it, to investigate it, and then to redesign it. Like, this is not helpful. Do I want to hold on to this thought? Or do do I want to accept it? Or do I want to reject it? If I reject it, then I'm going to come up with something else, Uh, something that's helpful, something that's positive, something that's truth. It's just a powerful tool that we use, that I use often in therapy. The, The third tip is acknowledging and expressing your emotions in an environment that's safe, that's accepting, and that's non-judgmental. Again, Vonna, this is where we talked about that community. This is where those relationships come in. And I love how you introduced earlier in that the, the spirit of transparency and vulnerability. This is what it looks like. Saying how I feel. If we're not taught how to express emotions, if we're not taught how to label them, if we don't give ourselves permission to identify and say, what is this that I'm feeling? How are you supposed to know when you become an adult? That just transfers usually into your professional relationships, your personal relationships, your romantic relationships, and you end up with people having all these feelings that they're not even expressing. So the other person doesn't even know what's going on. So just getting in the habit of identifying how do, how am I feeling? Pausing. Pause is so powerful. There's so much power in the pause. If we can just learn to pause when stuff happens, sit quietly and say, again, what am I thinking? Let me write that down. What feeling is associated with this? And acknowledge that. Take it to somebody. Say, hey, I need you to pray for me or I just need I need a listening ear. I'm feeling this way. I'm thinking this way. I know it's not real. It feels real, but it's not real. And I just need to I just need support right now. So having those safe relationships that can help come alongside and do life with you as you continue on your soul care discovery journey. Okay. And the fourth tip, the fourth and final tip is, Vana, I tell everybody, please be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. This is a journey. It occurs over time and in layers. So we peel back a layer and we make some progress only to discover that there's a deeper layer still to uncover and to process through. So learn to turn down that volume of that inner critic and adopt a more caring and nurturing and supportive voice that will validate both your emotions as well as your experience. I love that. Can you go over just the four one more time? Tip one, we're going to surrender. Two, we're going to develop your self-awareness by listening to and becoming aware of what you are thinking. Tip three, acknowledge and express your emotions in an environment that is safe, accepting, and non-judgmental. And step four, practice the skill of being kind to yourself. I love that. I love that. I always say, and I'm still learning it for myself, and I say it, and it's really relevant no matter what you're talking about, but you have to learn to give yourself grace. And so I love when you're saying be kind to yourself. You have to give yourself grace because you said something earlier that really made me think about this, but because it is a journey, because it is a process, you are going to mess up. We are going to fall on our way to better. 
And we have to be kind. <laughs> we have to give ourselves grace. We have to give ourselves space and time. And that's one of the reasons you have to have a community that can also mm-hmm. give you grace because that's a part of that safe space is they won't be like, you said, you, and I thought, no, we're, we're going through this together. And, and I'm going to extend mm-hmm. grace to you that you need to extend to yourself. Those were so good. Those mm-hmm. were so good. Thank you so much, Melinda. I'm so glad to have us back. I'm so, so excited. And I look forward to what we are going to be doing with the rest of the season. So definitely stay tuned. We're doing things a little bit differently, but we are going to continue these conversations. And what I love about this new transition is you are going to get to hear even more from Melinda because she is absolutely amazing. Like we said earlier, definitely subscribe to the newsletter. You can go to ceomomagazine.com to do that. And all of these amazing notes are going to be in there. So you can not only listen, but you can read until it becomes natural and a part of your everyday or at least a part of your routine. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the CEO Mom Podcast, The Woman, The Mother, and The Myths. We hope you've enjoyed the conversation as much as we have. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe and definitely rate us. Go deeper with us on every episode by subscribing to our exclusive newsletter at CEOMomMagazine.com. There, we'll provide tips and information based on every episode. This podcast is produced by For Her Media with music by BOPD and C. Scott. Until the next conversation, thanks for joining us. Thank you.